What is going on, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Beyond Rad podcast. My name is Chad, and this week we were joined by the guys from the band Hiding from Humans. So Hiding from Humans is a four-piece pop-punk band that's been around about a year and a half now, and they are today, November 13th, Friday the 13th, releasing their debut EP uh, called Radio, and I'm super stoked for them because they've got this really awesome, just true-to-form pop-punk sound. And it's really cool because the, the band ranges greatly between, you know, the youngest member and the, and the oldest member. There's there's a lot of different influences as well as a lot of different experiences that have, have led them to this point. And so they're bringing a lot of cool pieces to the table and making this really awesome band. And I'm really excited for you guys to, uh, to hear the interview and, and get to know them as well as check out the EP. So, you know. Before we jump in, though, be sure to head on over to their social media, give them a like, a follow, and go save the the album, whether you listen on Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon or uh, any of the, the platforms that you use. Go over and save it and stream it and uh, let them know what you think. And while you're there, just, you know, head on over to the podcast, like, follow, and uh, and let me know what you're thinking about the about the podcast. But without further ado, let's just jump right on in. Well, thank you guys for joining me on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. So, uh, so like I said, I typically start out just, you know, quick introductions of yourselves and then, uh, and then we can jump into a little bit more about the band and obviously the upcoming EP. So. Right on. Sounds good, man. You want intros like one by one or what? Yeah. One by one. Let's do it. Go here, Danny. I'll pan over to you there. What's going on? This is me, Danny Owens. I sing and I play guitar. Nice. Uh, my name is Paul, and uh, I'm the drummer, and uh, that's it. I play the beats. Nice. I'm Curtis, Fontaine, Vanthine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I play the guitar. I'm Chris Anderson. I'm the bass player. Sick. He the dad guitar. <laughs> hey, man, it, it's an important instrument, you know? No, nothing, Nothing is uh, is unimportant in a band, so... <laughs> So, so let's start just obviously just to, you know, a little bit more about the, uh, the band you guys are, have released thus far a single, right? Turned out, uh, is it the rate? I know radio portion. Is it turned down the radio or turn off the radio? Can't, can't remember. Uh, we just kind of switched the name of it. It's, it's, it's the name of the song's radio, but we just switched the name of it on Spotify for now. Yeah. So, so that's, that's what confused me between the single release and the, oh, okay. Uh, that makes sense. Who's hearing what, where, and it was a bit of a pain in the ass trying to publish two songs with the same name. Ah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was, cause you know, when I first found the music, yeah, when I first found the music, it was radio. And then I went back today and I was like, wait a minute, was I just not seeing this correctly? (laughs) So I was confused. (laughs) Did I, did I, yeah, I got that one quite a few times. Yeah. But the song is called radio. Okay. So, so obviously, um, that one, that one released when, when did you guys release that one? September 18th, I believe. Oh, there you go. He's got her down to the day. Down to the day. Yeah. I was going to say approximately two months. Hey, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. So, uh, so how long have you guys been uh, a band then? How long have you guys been making music together? 
How long has it been? A year and a half? Yeah, it's like May 2019 we started. Okay. Yeah, it was definitely Pretty early, close early year, spring yeah. of 2019. Yeah. I think we all kind of started again together. And, going ever since i guess though sick so uh so tell me a little bit about kind of you know where it started what what got you guys like how did you guys know each other like where you know the the maybe the sound that you guys when you first started making music how it all came together how it's evolved into you know what you're releasing now whatnot you started with that uh well so basically i uh i kind of Recruited Danny. Uh, I was jamming with a, a few other guys at the time, uh, and then uh, kind of recruited Danny into into the mix. Uh, and then the uh, the guys that I was jamming with, kind of, we all kind of fell apart. Uh, so then Danny brought in Curtis, and then uh, I brought in Chris, and that's sort of how it started. Sweet. Um, also, we we kind of just. Uh, all kind of came together at one time, and it just sort of blended. We started, you know writing a lot of tunes and, and, and clicking right off the bat. So that was, that was great. Nice. Yeah, eventually you have like a few songs and you're like, wow, this is actually working. It usually starts off pretty rocky. With any band. Yeah. That's I've heard, you know, it, it's kind of funny, you know, when you talk to, I, I've talked to quite a few different bands and it's funny to hear them talk about how other bands that they were in, in the past just didn't work out. Things were just kind of off, but then yeah. like, you know, they, they're, they're in a band now that's just, Things are working, things are clicking, and uh, songs are actually sounding right. <laughs> so, so for you guys, was that kind of what happened? Was it just like you you started writing songs and realized, wait, this is this is actually sounding the way that that we want it to be, and we're actually going to start taking it seriously? Is that kind of kind of how it went, or what 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 went down? Yeah, I guess yeah. more or less, that's pretty much how it happened. But yeah, yeah just guys kind of like you know get in there and throw out a couple of riffs here and there and start working yeah. on some stuff and really kind of snowball, you know, Paul had some source material for us to start with. That was yeah, that's right. from his old band. That was kind of some stuff they were starting to work on. And we, <laughs> we, we started just kind of learning those tunes and that they got scrapped pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that they were bad or anything like that, but it was just kind of like, let's yeah. start from scratch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we can maybe come back to them. At a later yeah. Day. We kind of found our, our, our own sound after like we started, when we first started, it was, like I said, we were uh, we were jamming my old songs, and then as we started playing, we kind of developed our own our own sound. Uh, yeah, and the other thing is, when I first came into the band, there was like there was those other two guys. Uh huh. I didn't get to play with too much, but they have a completely different writing style than I do. Oh, okay. And Curtis, Curtis here, I was in a band with for a long time, so we're we mesh together pretty well. So then when we <laughs> when he came into the mix, it was pretty easy for all of us to like find our sound with this pretty much like me and him. Yeah. New members almost in a way, but yeah, that's convenient. So, so uh, it sounds, so it sounds like you guys have known each other for a while then prior to, to starting the band or at least kind of diagonally knew each other. You got, you know, between, yeah, between the group. Uh, yeah. Curtis yeah. and Danny definitely. And then Paul and I have known each other for, 30 25 years yeah. I you were playing guitar when I first yeah yeah that's <laughs> yeah, actually that's a, yeah Danny and I crossed paths in the early formation of the band with uh, with Paul oh, okay I was gonna play guitar with Danny and Paul and another bass player and you know, bass long, player left yeah, yeah long story short <laughs> Danny and Curtis wanted to play together totally understandable and then Paul called me looking for bass player there you go 
That's my uh, roots. Is, yeah, that's my roots. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, like Dan, Danny and Curtis have known each other for for nine nine years. 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 I, well, I've been, I've lived here for like almost ten, so about nine. So yeah, let's just say eight years now. Yeah, and it's then pretty crazy. And it's then a long time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> long time to know me. Eh? That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, and then me and Chris have, have no, like I said, Chris, uh, 25 years. Yeah, I think I, I think I met Paul when I was recording an album in Regina here, what in 1992. Oh, okay. And he would have been about 12, and I would have been <laughs> six. Months, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I so, wouldn't have been born yet. Yeah. <laughs> and he would have been one. At the time. So yeah, wow, there's one. there's quite the, quite the age there. range in there because I I'm born 90, so I'm you know I'm 30 years old now, so so you know yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's, yeah, he's, he's 29 and I'm 46. Okay. 46, so, 46. so how, like, I think that's awesome. Honestly, like I, I, first off, one of my favorite things is like all these pop punk bands that are still making music, like seeing Goldfinger releasing stuff again, oh, MXPX right. <laughs> continuing to release stuff, AFI, Blink-182, all these punk and pop punk and ska music. I'm just like, makes me happy that like, it just kind of proves that age is just like, it's just a number. It doesn't really matter. But uh, how did it, how did you guys um, kind of mi- cross paths that way then? Cause, cause obviously, you know, typically a lot of the younger guys will play with a, a younger band. So was it just kind of like just happenstance or, or how did it, how did it end up happening? It just happened to be Paul getting a hold of me and then, yeah, he just Paul, got, it was all Paul. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Paul, Paul knowing who Danny was through another band and and uh, Danny and Curtis connecting and then him and I, Paul and I knowing each other for years and running into each other randomly over the years. I lived in Calgary for 18 years. and I'd run into him in Chicago and then I'd run into him in Denver, Denver Colorado. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Wow. Descendants fan. So we'd run into each other in That's awesome. places at, at Descendants shows, all shows. And, Man. Uh, yeah, so just kind of finally got a chance to work together on some stuff. That's super cool. So, uh, um, you know, obviously May last year, you guys start making music. What, at what point did it start to like, actually feel like, Hey, we should, we should take this seriously and, and start recording. Oof. I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think though, really the whole thing was, is, uh, is Paul and I from the get go said, we'd really love to, as soon as we heard the tunes, we like really want both wanted to record. And uh, just really with the whole COVID thing and not being able to play live shows and really ha- having nothing to focus on, we were just like, screw it, let's just go to the studio. And that makes Sports sense. Kind of when we were going in, we where we jam, it's it's pretty, it's not the greatest sound in there yeah. and everything. So I was gonna say that. we were really just like, we all were really stoked on the tunes and it was just like, we can finally hear. <laughs> is it going to sound really good like we think it's going to sound or is it going to sound like yeah, yeah. There's, a couple, there's a couple of songs like in the uh, song called Distance on the EP. It's there's a lot of stuff going on, and we didn't really didn't know how it was going to turn out because there's like really everybody's kind of doing something different. Yeah, the vocals doing something different from the guitars, doing something different than the drums, doing something different from the bass, and we, we it was either going to be a humongous piece or it's going to be really really good. And I think the uh, it's my opinion good. my opinion is the latter. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, believe it. Well, I that's that's cool, honestly, because like, 
I imagine that's kind of nerve wracking because like if you're used to it, like if if you're just jamming in a place where there's not great acoustics, things, you know, the the sound levels are obviously a little off. You know, I, I imagine that's that's pretty difficult to get a real idea of of what your songs actually are. <laughs> so uh, so when did you guys obviously said COVID hits, you guys are kind of like, well, what the heck, man, let's just let's go to the studio. So when did you guys start recording? We actually knocked that EP off in like two days, a weekend. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess a weekend. Did you just go to a, a local studio there? Yeah, we have a local local studio here that uh, is owned by a gentleman who's he, he doesn't really have too much uh, involvement in the music scene or anything. He uh, originally opened the studio as a jam space for his kid. Which oh, cool! Eventually evolved into a studio. His kid has since moved to Montreal, still playing music. Um, and then he just uh, basically sublets it out to uh, a handful of local engineers. Dang. And, uh, Paul tracked down our engineer, Justin Bender, who uh, he's been uh, in a band touring all over the world called uh, Into Eternity. Eternity. They okay. toured Dream Theater years back. Oh, cool. He's done live sound for Curtis and I. Yeah. 15 different times. Probably. Oh, nice. So he's tried, yeah. He's, we we kind of all heard his stuff online uh, and uh, really agreed quickly that he's the guy and not with no expectations. Whereas, you know, we expected him to engineer and mix the whole thing, but he actually added a ton of production, which we weren't expecting. And we all, I think I appreciate it. Totally appreciate yeah. it and loved it. Well, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Cause yeah. so, so when, uh, when you guys got into the studio and you start recording, obviously you said it was just a weekend, but, but, um, did was there like uh you know i guess surprise at all because of going in and not knowing exactly what things are going to sound like or was it kind of just like you went in fairly confident a few of the songs kind of sounded a little bit different than than what you were used to but like i guess um you know obviously with with radio i hear it i get really strong pop punk vibes very you know Honestly, it's it's like very reminiscent of a lot of really good early 2000s pop punk, which is like my my whole jam. <laughs> so and so like for me, I'm, I'm just curious, like, did you guys add a lot of, of additional elements and it kind of changed the sound a bit? Or did you guys kind of stick to what you were doing and jamming out before? Pretty much just stuck to it. Yeah. 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 Nice. Maybe vocals have a, there's a few little extra like whoa's in the background stuff and harmonies and stuff, too. But I mean. That's what goes into making a song, yeah. right? Yeah, you just add those few uh, extra things, but most, yeah, like I think for the most part, I think every track that we had uh, really stayed true to to to, to how it was, it was written. Yeah, that's um, awesome. You know, you know, so so, and, and I think we were fairly confident going into the studio. We just weren't sure how the result would be, but we, I think, we all felt pretty confident in in, in our sound and our mm -hmm. writing. Yeah. yeah, I never second guessed you know. anything. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I don't think we were willing to drop. Like we had, again, it was for my, you know, myself, it was to, to just chronicle the, the songs. Like it yeah, was never yeah. really release or shop around for record label. It was more just a, I had a kind of a bad taste in my mouth from 25 years ago of a really horrible <laughs> produced <laughs> album that I spent a lot of time and a lot of touring uh, to promote. And uh, it was just like, okay, we've got some good here and it's, 25 years later and you can bang stuff like this off in a weekend. And, yeah. yeah. Technology yeah, has changed things. A lot of production. <laughs> like there was a, uh, there was some good 
um, tweaks done on the vocals, just, you know, add some harmonies and stuff like that. But it's pretty raw. Like, I, I think we pr pretty much sound <clears throat> the same live as we will. Uh, and, and I must add, too, uh, it helps, too. Like, we got it done in, in you know, in a record time, like three days, I think. Yeah. Um, but it helps when Curtis does, like, one take. Yeah, you know. that, that helps <laughs> that definitely helps uh so that, that really helped out yeah, yeah i bet <laughs> that's super it dope good. yeah it was really it was like we mixed it like because of the whole covid too like it was we spent uh you know two months mixing that album pretty much right like, yeah, did you guys are, did you guys mix it or did you have um that yeah, other producer okay. do it yeah so he operates out of a uh home studio like he basically he recorded us in a uh you know state-of-the-art studio here in Newtown. and uh once the actual beds are down he takes it to his home studio yeah he lives in a town about 45 minutes away from here and uh, he basically just said i'm going to mix the first song which was radio give you a my take on it mm -hmm. and uh, from there we'll tweak that song and then once we have the sound i'll finish the rest of the ep and we'll just kind of tweak it as we go so that was it was a little bit of a process just emailing back and forth instead of sitting in the studio. Yeah. But, yeah 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 it was definitely challenging i think just because it was you know for for most of us like in a studio we want to we want to be there you know when the mix is happening and and uh so yeah so it, it was it was kind of like oh hey you know can you add this or can you like turn down this or whatever and then also we went here back for a couple days yeah and then he would send the mix over and be like wow well, you know no we want this change or something so it was it was a little challenging and you know, but I mean, it's, it was COVID, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Everything, yeah. everything changed with COVID. <laughs> everything, everything I would, we would ask him would be like, you know, thinking it's going to be a pain in the ass. He's like, Oh, no problem. You know? Yeah. So he is, he is great to work with. Absolutely. No question. Uh, when the time comes to record again, yeah, definitely be a consideration. Mixing. Heck yeah. A consideration. <laughs> 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 no, there's no question. Like he just he nailed it. Like he's a he's a metal guy, right? He's uh, oh, okay. He's into like really prog metal, like yeah, death and and stuff. And yeah, just to know that he's got an ear for what we were trying to do, it's pretty wicked guitars. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. And you know, he knows his tunes. He's like, but I think it's kind of cool, like when you get when you get like input from a producer who's from a different genre or from. Yeah. A different you know sub genre of the genre because it does allow you to get a little bit more critical feedback right someone who's who's got a, a separate separate opinion separate take and may add some cool elements to your music that you wouldn't have thought of because of where you're coming from so i think that's i think that's dope to have that too i think like i've, I've talked to quite a few different people who that's a good experience for them is having that that different uh input from someone who's in a completely different genre or different scene of music and uh, it adds a lot of elements to their songs and stuff i mean and, and, and it's easy to reverse that too because sometimes you know you're in a situation where where the you know the the, the producer the engineer is is is, is in a different <laughs> yeah. situation and it doesn't turn out good yeah uh, yep. and i'm sure chris can can test this but uh uh you know i've i've had i've, I've worked with a few you know past the recording and stuff like that and, and it's just like like just not on the same page right so yeah so, you know with with justin we were we were definitely like hey this is this is sounding good yeah. and we we're we we're really stoked for it so that's cool to be in the studio working with them yes yeah, totally it kind of made yeah. it obvious and like that it was going to be a good time either way yeah 
is usually a good sign. It's going to turn out good in the end too, right? Yeah. Yeah. We kind of hired them as to like mix it and engineer without any input. It, like thinking that he's going to produce it at all, right? Like yeah. he's going to be, like, you know, start, stop, take. Are you guys good with that take? You know, okay. But, yeah, no, but he was just like yeah. a lot of times like, no, let's, we're going to do yeah. that again. And, you know, yeah, like, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah. And he was, yeah, he was producing on the fly and just kind of throwing ideas and saying, yeah. if you guys don't like it, I'll pull it. But here's what I think. And there's, I don't think we really pulled I, anything. I, the most do you, I remember him saying too, he was excited for, to be recording our genre for maybe the first time in a long time or even ever because he he's just i don't know because he made he, it sound like he didn't do a lot of yeah. actual punk like ours but or at least in a while yeah yeah i, I and i think like in our scene in, in regina there's not too many uh bands that kind of have have our sound and that's kind of neat to, to to say i think you know back in the in the 90s that's everybody for sure everybody <laughs> sounded like this you know like, yeah but um, yeah, that's but, but now it's, it's we don't we don't have that in our scene or our local scene anyways you know so it's it's, it's kind of cool for him to say that you know he's stoked on it. yeah so what is your guys's local scene like right now oh, non-existent <laughs> <laughs> well, prior to covid <laughs> uh, it was yeah the, was it still non-existent we were one of the only if not like the band we were in was pop punk as well called uh-huh. almost daily and we, I think we were still the only pop punk, and this is five years ago, only pop punk band that was in the scene. There was a lot oh, of dang. rock, pop rock kind metal. of stuff. Yeah, a lot of metal, classic rock sound. Lots of metal, lots of metal. Here. But it, it was, it was active, but it was also like, I think there was a little bit of animosity between bands because they always had, the local radio station always had a kind of like a band competition once a year and stuff. Almost so cannibalizing like, each other. Yeah. And it's the music scene's small enough as it is. Yeah, yeah, seriously. You add that extra element of competition and kind of it yeah. starts attacking at each other. Where, so where exactly are you guys located again? Regina, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. So obviously I knew it was Canada. I just didn't know. I, I don't know Canada like at all. I know like, you, you know, know. Do you know where Calgary is? Do you know Calgary? Yeah, 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 yeah. And do you know, have, you know Winnipeg? Uh, I have a buddy who lives in Winnipeg, actually. Yeah, so we're, we're like basically right, <laughs> in, the right middle. in the middle. Yeah, oh, we're okay. on the, the main, which is like the Trans Canada Highway. We're like, uh, you know, a smaller city, two hundred thirty-ish thousand people. Okay, and then we're pretty much right in the middle of Winnipeg and Calgary. Okay. So I'm assuming when you were playing shows, were you traveling quite a bit to to Calgary and and to different cities, or was it sticking right around where you guys are at right now? I mean, we, we always had, we, well, I mean, I don't know what you guys, but we always had like, like, like for me and Chris growing up uh, back in the nineties, it was a, a lot different yeah. for shows. Oh, okay. Um, it, it, we had a really great, great the scene. scene. The yeah. scene here is amazing. Was, in, in, yeah. in the, in the mid nineties. Yeah. And, and then um, for such a small city, like, like they used to have a, the, the university radio station, they kind of put on all the shows years back uh, um, at the student union and, uh, they'd have this thing every year that was called no contest. And it would basically be like three straight days of local bands. Okay. And no, no, it was all like total full on support. It's like, these guys are kind of saying, you know, maybe these days there's a little bit of animosity with people trying to shoulder in for some ear space. But back then it was just all total support for each other and a lot of different genres, but the pop punk scene was definitely the, the king for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, it, 
for, for us playing, it was a lot, you know, we play around here in Saskatchewan and Manitoba, you know, Winnipeg. So, so those are like, wasn't too far away from, from here, from, from our home base, but yeah. Um, you know, I, these guys, I don't know. You guys did a couple. We did West a couple Coast, tours. Yeah. West Coast tours. Yeah. yeah. We pretty much just did the West side of Canada twice. Oh, okay. Times. Cool. Dang. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll tell you that oh, a on. lot of places we went to, we like the scene there a lot more than we like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Not, not even joking. No. So, so is there like a, I mean, obviously the the evolution of pop punk has obviously changed things quite a bit over the years anyway from you know the mid 90s to what it is what it's evolved to now which i i mean it's it's different but i still love it you know i'm right now i'm actually wearing another canadian band's shirt uh dear youth they're from they're from up in uh uh, i don't know exactly where they're from i just know they're from canada (laughs) but uh but they're pop punk as well are you on wiretap i think or something um they're on anchor 84 records is the record label they're on yeah but uh but anyway like I, I know that like, um, you know, there's been a huge evolution of sound and, and a lot of the, the pop punk, you know, there's quite a few bands kind of doing what you guys are doing now where it's like you get you and, and a few others are like really wanting to go to like the original pop punk, which I love because that's that's my jam. A lot of bands are still kind of, you know, going with more of the um, heavier. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Mean. Yeah, because yeah, it's it's like just a little different. Too, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just a little bit harder, a little bit more intense, which I enjoy still. But uh, um, so, like for you guys, what was it that that like do you think kind of killed the scene there that made it now go from really supportive of one another to being kind of um, cannibalistic of, of bands and eating each other and and kind of creating a, a negative environment? See, I do, I do, I sorry, I do kind of want to clear that up too. We did have bands we got along with fantastically that yeah had that we consider good friends and still do that we probably haven't talked to in a while but it was more the cross genre yeah okay so it was so the scene was small but within the scene everyone was was pretty chill it was just as other scene other genres were coming in they tried to uh to tear you guys down is that kind of what it was or yes like it was just i think the whole the whole Mm -hmm. issue was the whole yeah when you were because there was one Battle of the Bands or whatever you want to call it, the Wolf Rocks. It it <laughs> Queen City Rocks, yeah. And they and it would it would Queen City Rocks, yeah. That's what it was. And uh, just every all these like say ten bands. How many yeah. bands were there? Twenty maybe? Five every But none of them were really the same. Yeah. Music. Maybe yeah. a couple here and there. And those like they're the people that we would play with often yeah. in yeah. on different shows and then and then even like we would play with a bunch of like metal bands and stuff like that that we were good friends with. But once they started doing that, it was kind of just, I don't even know, it kind of fizzled out. Yeah, it did. After yeah, that. it really did. It fizzled off way, well before COVID. Yeah. So was it just kind of live music and, and the music scene in general was kind of as a whole coming down? Or was it was it just the, the certain genres of like, you know, the pop punk, rock and, and alternative? or was... But I also, I mean, after, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I might only have only felt that way because yeah. we weren't in a band anymore at that point. And oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. Regina is also a town where if you're like in the art scene, whether it's music or, you know, maybe in film production or, yeah, you know, you're an artist as in a, you know, painter, sculptor, whatever. If you're really good at it, you pretty much. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just it's gonna, like, yeah, yeah, like so you see, it, like Regina has been pretty much the same size for about thirty years. It's just like a, a steady group of people, pretty much just streams out of town yeah. on a yearly basis. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I did this when I was twenty-one. It was like I did, you know, in mid nineties. If you didn't have a government job or you weren't going to school, like there's no reason to be here. So gotcha. Uh, okay. For eighteen years, and you know. We go from a city of two hundred thousand to a city of a million people. And see more, do more, but uh, you know, wanted to come back at some point. And but yeah, I think just a lot of people just they take off, go to Calgary, go to Vancouver, Toronto, Toronto yeah. Montreal. Really, everybody I knew in the business, in the music business from the nineties <laughs> when I was first doing it, they're all scattered all over Canada or yeah. all over America to to be more broad. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, like I'm, I'm from Utah. So, you know, here in Utah, we've had like a few bands and neither, like none of the major bands from here actually claim Utah as their homeland. Right. Like, like Imagine Dragons, they all, they were all from here, but then they claim Vegas, the killers, same thing. They, they claim Vegas. And then, uh, and then neon trees, I think is the only one that actually claims Utah as like their, Oh, really? And so, yeah, and so like, but like most of the most of the musicians, they they got out of town, right? Like Neon Trees didn't end up getting signed until they moved to L.A., and then you know now they you know they got signed, they got big, and but they they didn't get that that uh, um, I guess that visibility until they left the the smaller scene because Utah's a pretty small like where where I live, like Provo is like the main city and. I think between Provo and like the surrounding cities, it's like 250, 300,000. So it's about the same as where you guys are at. And, uh, and it's, it's just, there's, uh, you've got local musicians who are kind of doing it just for kicks and giggles and, and you got open mics and that's about all you got, you know? <laughs> and so I totally understand where you're, what you're saying there. Cause it just, a lot of people either go to LA or to Nashville, you yeah, know, yeah. New York used to be a big one, but New York has, has lessened in terms of, of music but uh, but yeah nashville is obviously no matter what genre is kind of where people are going now yeah so that's uh, like vancouver's our la toronto's our new york and okay nashville. So yeah really yeah. it's pretty uh well, what's our montreal then uh <laughs> montreal. What, what's our montreal or what's their montreal <laughs> i don't know so new orleans, new orleans <laughs> i mean New Orleans is, I don't know. Let's see. Let's, what's another big Atlanta's a pretty big music, music scene. It's mostly hip hop, but, but uh, Atlanta would be another big music scene here in the U S. I was like Austin. Austin's Austin's pretty. Yeah. Austin, Austin isn't a a big originator of music, but they have the South by Southwest, which is like huge, obviously. So the, another one, like, I I think like the whole state of Ohio is pretty much like pop punk central. So like, (laughs) so you could kind of, you know, say, uh, you know, Cleveland potentially, but but yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting though, to, to see how, how that dynamic happens where people just kind of, they, they leave, they have to get out in order to, to get to a city where you have 10 times the difficulties, but also 10 times the opportunities. Right. And it's always a, a trade off there. Um, so for, for you guys just, you know, obviously there's, there's the passion, but, uh, for, for y'all, what, what made you just like pursue music as, as, a as a band, like individually, you're like, Hey, I, I want to, I want to make music. What, what kind of inspired that? 
like person by person, you mean? Yeah. Individually. Like what, what made you guys like say, Hey, you know, I'm, 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 I've got a lot of different choices, but I'm going to choose music. Uh, for me personally, I grew up with a friend of mine. He's actually like two years younger than me and he played guitar from a very, very young age. And so he was always playing guitar and stuff. And I was always listening to new music as probably about eight to 10 years old, even. And I used to find new music and give it to him and stuff. And he'd listen to it and we'd get into all this music. We just loved music as a whole, like just learning new bands and stuff, especially at such a developing age. Yeah. And so he was just kind of mentioned to me, he's like, why don't you like, he's like, you're always tapping your feet and playing around with your hands and stuff. Why don't you just try to learn the drums instead of hammering on the table at McDonald's? i'm like yeah maybe i will and that's a good friend right there yeah then that's pretty much where it all started for me is your friend still making music oh yeah okay that's cool he's a a talented guy too that's awesome and like for me i'm kind of like danny i think i was like tapping my feet in my mom's belly you know i mean nice (laughs) at a very young age it was it was brushing your teeth too you know and and then uh my my dad used to play drums, so I, I started at an early age. I okay. I kind of you know watch him. You know when I was growing up, he'd have his drums, and he'd be you know, rocking out Rolling Stones or whatever. Uh, and then I just kind of picked up from there. And then uh, at at an early age, I started playing music with other guys and, and playing shows when I was like 10, 11. Uh, and then just it just kind of stuck with me. I mean, obviously I got older and whatnot, but but the music, the drives always been there. Yeah. You know. So. so you said you said you were playing shows at like 10 and 11 years old. Yeah. Dang. So you were playing. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've been drums from the beginning then. Yeah, I think I think I started playing when I was maybe like six, seven, but I didn't take it serious until we were we were in a, my first band. Um, like we play a few shows with with a big drill car, Doughboys back in, you know, uh, 90, 91. And, and this is when Chris was playing. Dang. As well, um, that's awesome. So, so, and that's kind of like the, the scene back then was a lot different than it is now. In yeah. China. There was, you know, some bigger bands that would come through and, and, and like really good shows. And, and so we were, you know, just little 10, 11 year old, you know, Hey, we can play like three chords and, you know, let's open up for the Doughboys or big drill car. That's you know? awesome. And yeah. It was cool. I mean, three chords. Uh, I mean, does, I think that's what the whole entire Dookie <laughs> album, right? Like, I think Dookie was written on three chords, right? Like, I, think, I, mean, <laughs> I just, I think rudimentary guitar pretty much that album. Yeah. I mean, it's all just power chords, right? As long as you can, as long as you can hold your, your ring finger, your pinky and your pointer finger, you pretty much got the whole album ready to go. Right. You got to do the octave, right? You got to have that high. Yep. Yeah. You got to have the high, you got to have the pinky in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cheating. <laughs> What about you guys? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Started out as I used to. Be, I used to play the trumpet. You know, oh, nice, dude! In, in school, and then I was like, maybe I should be cooler. Get a uh, guitar. And my dad, had, my dad had this acoustic guitar that he never touched. So I just started playing that, and then like, if you <clears throat> just music, like a good mute like a good song that you love gives you goosebumps mm-hmm. yeah. and then you just kind of want to learn it and then once you learn that song that you love i guess it just kind of 
Yeah, man. It literally does light that fire. It's like a spark that just like as soon as it ignites, man, you. Yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. So. Uh, so do you still play the trumpet all at all? No, no, I, 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 could, I still I I know how to read the music. I don't I this is the first time here. Yeah, so right. It's going to get worked in. We'll do like a trumpet version of the song. Well, I mean, yeah, I was like, dude, Ska's making a comeback. Thank good. I love Ska. I love Ska music. So, you know, you could you could totally just add some Ska elements, you know? Um, No, I see. I, <laughs> never possess a trumpet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a trumpet. Oh, you do? Yeah, I'll see. Bring it out. I did trombone in high school. I also have an accordion. Oh, man. The accordion. The Alkaline Trio album. What's it called? The Lead Poisoning. And they do a trumpet solo on the album. See, there you go. You guys can add that. Or a trombone solo. Or both. You know? There we go. We're going to do a trumpet solo. Nice. Love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, and I was, uh, I was brought into the punk rock scene when I was super young, probably about 10 years old. My brother played in a band, a really good local band here. They used to play with SNFU all the time. Um, yeah. So I, and they jammed at my house. So all of their gear was at my house. So I'd watch them jam and stuff. I'm 10 years old. He's 16 at the time. They'd all leave when they were done and I would just run and go to town Possible. Yeah, <laughs> much, yeah. I, I always I wanted to play drums, but I just uh, kind of wasn't my thing. And I wanted to play guitar because my brother did, and uh, kind of small kid and couldn't get my hands to do what I wanted to, and kind of picked up a bass and was just like, "This is easy." Oh man, it's it was easy to get. I was in a band like when I first yeah, really started playing at, yeah. at like sixteen. I was in like one of the best bands in the city within like six months. And, uh, like not, uh, you know, I couldn't add a lot artistically, but I could learn the songs that they, they had already written. But yeah. So it's always, if you listen to the bass on the new album, it's always been a challenge of mine to really just take it to a yeah, whole new level. Like, that's super cool. An easy instrument and he made it hard. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, I don't like to sit on the same note for more than a couple, couple blocks and that's about it. Well, I think that's, I mean, honestly, uh, I don't know if you watch much YouTube, but, uh, Davey, was it Davey 405 or something like that? He's this, uh, he's this Italian guy who's just like insane on the bass. And so I, I love watching that stuff cause I didn't know the bass could be so technical. And I watched some of this stuff. I'm like, okay, that's, that gives me a lot of respect for, for that, for these bass players. Cause some of them, some of them aren't great, but like. I've seen some really, really dope bass players. So that's, that's awesome. When you look at a band like Nirvana, for example, like that, like Nirvana. any, anybody, anybody <laughs> could, could play bass in that band, right? Like, like yeah, I could play, I was in a coma for two weeks. I could have played bass in that band while I was in a coma. But like my, my key is like descendants. It's like, it's, they take, they take it to a whole new level. Even a, a band that's a little bit, uh, you know, further down the road, like Rancid would be one where you could, uh, a more popular band where, uh, th- yeah, it was really taken to more of a lead bass sort of idea. Where yeah. Not just holding a note for four measures. It's really bouncing around and playing around with different, uh, different, uh, scales and stuff. Yeah. I, Always- uh, I, I just, I appreciate when, when people take the music to a, to a different level. Cause I think 
it's it's really easy, especially, you know, like for for a lot of drummers or even guitarists or like just any instrument. It's really easy to just kind of get complacent. But I feel like that that when when people take it like what you're doing and, and add that, you know, add that extra, I, I would say, emotion or flair to it that you can feel it. You can tell in the music there's there's a lot more excitement in the music. And uh, so even if it's the same genre, the same sound as someone else, when you add those extra elements, it just makes it as a listener. Cause that's, that's what I am. I'm a professional listener. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I just like, I noticed those things cause I'm like, Oh, look at that. I like that little lick they added there. Cause it, it just, it shows a little bit more, a little bit more care, I guess, for the music. And I think it, I think it goes a lot further than, than what some people think it may, but maybe that's just my opinion <laughs> i think there's a lot of stuff i've listened to over the years that's exactly that that i think the way they write songs is to really uh pander to the musician that's like why did they do that it's super cool that they did that they didn't have to do it like that yep. they did. and why and who cares it's just it's cool it was yeah cool, right so yeah you can really uh four four time your way through a whole pop punk album and it's true. No, no problem. But just you know, finessing it, like you said, it's just adds it that extra element, man. Fun. Yeah, yeah, it makes it way more fun. Yeah, it gives it more re replayability. I think is what it does for me. Because like, yeah. if it's the same thing over and over, it's like I listen to it once, I got it, I'm good. But like when when there's those extra elements, it just gives that that replayability factor that just makes it so I can come back and find new things each time. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, uh, I, as kind of a follow up to that, I honestly, I, I kind of am curious uh, what you guys is what, what like your primary inspirations, like some of the bands that that inspired you guys um, when you first started making music or even now. What who are you looking at right now as inspirations? Do you guys want to go or me and Chris want to go? Yeah, that's those are different generations. That's true. That's true. Oh, boy. Wow. We went there. OK. <laughs> We went there. <laughs> oh yeah, me. Okay. Well, uh, for me, and uh, I can only speak for myself in the band. Uh, but uh, my my main influences um, for me is is a lot like I'm a huge Ascendants All fan. Anything Cruise era, uh, Big Drill Car, Chemical People, um, and then I and then. I kind of blend with that Sam I Am game face uh, era, you know, the whole the whole 90s, early 90s and stuff like that. And okay. the 90s. Um, you know, so that was like my huge influence. Uh, still is to this day. Yeah, I'd be uh, the same, You know, too. And, and, yeah. and I think me and Chris are kind of on the same page. Yeah, pretty much dead on, yeah. That kind yeah, of the... Descendants, just, for sure. Sweet. Like, the Descendants have been around for, like, since 79, so... Yeah, I mean, the Descendants... Right, they, didn't they release... The movie film like their documentary filmage but it's like they're they're kind of the kings of pop film. like they're oh yeah so the southern california sound that you know blink yeah they're the originals blink yeah and exactly they, you know all the like really like paul said that kind of cruise records you know late 80s early 90s uh scene they they laid the bl- the blueprint for so many bands down the road yeah they're all making a huge bank now and all those guys are teaching or yeah it's funny because the the lead singer of the descendants is a professor now <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah 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 he's a he's a yeah exactly well he's he's actually playing music for a living now after yeah, he's, like, he's an ex uh, yeah being a <laughs> oh okay 
business for you know 30 years by exactly that right like those guys yeah yeah, they live in you know they you got four guys that live in three different cities and uh, they're now finally kind of doing it professionally again and there's yeah didn't they release new music recently they did in 2017 and they're gonna pretty quick as well yeah and they and just recently they just uh released what suffrage yeah they put out a couple tunes so yeah probably look at uh i would assume with them kind of a spring summer release but who knows man you know but that's crazy i love that they're still making stuff that's like it's it's insane to me insane it's awesome it's all the same genre it's really you know songs about girls and yeah being pissed off and stuff like that but their musical talents are just getting crazy crazy yeah so so you guys um you guys were into a lot of the the skate punk then is kind of what okay so I, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little late to that, that whole portion. So I got like, you know, I kind of started with like the, uh, the no FX and no use for a name MXPX. So I was a little bit later than you guys at, uh, I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. They, so, uh, so that's kind of where I, that's kind of where my pop punk roots started. Really MXPX was, and still is one of my favorite bands, but they were my favorite band for years and years. Yeah, I'm the same too. Like they're they're kind of the, uh, the a different end of the spectrum than a band like Descendants for me. But they're super catchy and and uh, you can tell they just love playing music, right? Like yeah, a, yeah. It doesn't have to be completely technical. For me, really, but for, no. Yeah, and they're, I mean, obviously, like like I uh, like I said, I was just kind of late to that whole skate scene, that skate punk scene, because like even like Strung Out and. Uh, um, lag wagon a lot of those yep. bands and stuff i was a little late to all that but man i still listen to it like i love that they released new music you know i think strung out and lag wagon released something last year or this year even and i'm just yeah, like man great. love it. It, it you know it's definitely great to see those bands still still kicking it yeah man you know and, and i think that gives us inspiration because we're you know sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well I you know I, you know <laughs> I only speak for me, Chris. So. <laughs> I'm the grandpa of the band. So I can. Uh, it's all. It's all about playing, having fun. There's no. There's no uh, expectations or anything like that. Yeah, and like I said, I, that's what I love. Honestly, is like seeing all these bands continuing to make music and like, and really just sticking to their roots. It's just like it, it makes me happy because I'm like, ah, you can still be old and enjoy the music and still make the music and i'm just like because as a 30 year old i like start i'll turn on my pop punk music and my my two sons they just kind of look at me like what's you know what's wrong with dad (laughs) you know i'm trying to i'm trying to get them excited about my pop punk music and they're kind of just looking at me like wow he's he's a big kid he's a big child and i'm like you know what that's right (laughs) so what about you guys what yeah what are they like Oh, my kids. So, so my, my youngest will listen to anything, but, uh, he really likes to pretty much anything I turn on. He'll actually dance to he's two. So he's kind of at that age where he's, he's chill. My, uh, my oldest son, he likes, uh, so he's five and he likes like marshmallow and, uh, he likes a lot of the dancing music. So like he, he really liked the, uh, the new, um, uh, what's his name? Aoki, um, album. Uh, the what's the guy, guy's name? I can't think of it. Is it Steve Aoki? Is that his yeah, name? Right? 
Yeah, that's what it does. I think so, yeah. Um, but then he also, he loves, Imagine Dragons is one of his favorites, because I think it's just that catchy boom, boom, clap, boom, clap, you know, type <laughs> beat that he loves. And so, like, Thunder is one of his favorite songs of, of all time. Um, let's see. I can't think of, of what else he enjoys. I think those are kind of like his main thing. <laughs> it seems like the Arkells and Imagine Dragons are like aiming for the same goal in their music. Yeah. You no, know, like that's, I can't differentiate between them when they're on the radio and they're always on the radio. Yep. Yeah. I like, honestly, like there's like, there's quite a few bands that kind of fit into that genre right now. Like eight, triple eight, 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 I think is what they're called. Um, then you've got like Atlas something or other. Um, and then you've got X ambassadors, imagine dragons, all of them to me are, are like, it's, it's catchy. It's, it's anthemic, you know? Um, and it's, it's just stadium music to me. It's like music yeah, that you, exactly. that goes with, it doesn't really make you feel anything, but it goes with anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. So we get a lot of, like a lot of those bands you just named, I've never heard of. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm only saying that because, like, you know, that's not, I'm only saying that because like the radio stations here in Canada c- cater to a lot more Canadian artists than they do to Americans. So we get a lot oh, of okay. stuff that which it would be similar. Probably. Well, yeah, it's it probably similar very states, similar, yeah. but yeah. So yeah. who are, who are some of those bands that, that are catered to there? Like, like, well, like I mentioned the Arkells, I'm not sure if they're Canadian. But Arkells. They're, yeah. I haven't heard of them. Canadian? Well, that explains. <laughs> um, mother, mother, they're Canadian. They're all over the radio. And it's also might have literally something to do with the fact that we actually live in the Jive too. We might get a completely different. <laughs> just continuous. Yeah. Like for real, no, it's weird here. Like if I go on a trip to Ontario and I listen to the music stage, like one of the rock stations there, it's it's definitely different than it yeah. would be if I listen to one here. Well, or it's a lot stage too, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more stations too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> smaller, <laughs> smaller town. You guys get a couple stations. <laughs> yeah. One rock station, man. Oh yeah. I mean, here in Utah, we get, we have a ton of country stations. That's my, that's my wife's music. She loves country. It's gotta be the best tape. <laughs> <laughs> it's so annoying. Oh yeah. My, my wife loves country. So I've kind of, I've, you know, when, when she's in charge of the music, I pretty much have found the country artists that I can listen to and I make sure we turn those ones on. And then when yeah. I'm in charge of the music, I just have to find the ones that don't have swearing. So that way she doesn't get upset at me. And so, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like filtering through all my music and making sure I just get all the songs from the albums and put them in a playlist that I can listen to. And, uh, and even then like, um, like, uh, boys of fall, like the, um, the new there's like my wife's like no this is too hard nope can't turn this on around the boys i'm like dang it come on now <laughs> you know they start screaming and she you know like a day to remember style of the, she's like nope not happening not around the boys i was like okay fine <laughs> yeah she's like it's a little too little too much and i'm like you know what i can understand that they're they're a little young who knows maybe <laughs> man let them find that on their own yeah, exactly. Right. It'll be yeah. worth that much yeah. more then too. Yeah. Exactly. Let them find that they like that music and, and learn it all on their own. It's, I'm actually very curious about that. Cause like growing up, my dad, you know, he listened to the who, uh, Pink Floyd, you know, and, and I don't listen to those bands a whole lot now, but like, I'm like, I wonder what my kids are going to be listening to when they're my age. And I'm like looking back and thinking about it. And I'm like, 
the music I listen to, I wonder how much of an influence it'll have on their, their tastes. Cause I don't know. I don't like my dad's music for the most part. Probably, but. Yeah. Like, I would say none, maybe. None, yeah, yeah. 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 that's really see, but that makes me sad though, because like, because that means they won't be into pop punk, you know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll show you something. Maybe they'll discover something that you start to. Yeah. Hey, I hope so. I hope so, man. That'd be awesome. That's um, only a good. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the other weird thing too, right? Is like where music goes. Who even knows where music's gonna go in the next few years? Yeah, it's, it's gone to some pretty bad places. <laughs> Four years oh, later, yeah. So. Yeah, it's made yeah, who knows? Hopefully. Who are we to say? Yeah, who are we to say? Yeah, well, we saw it like, Eddie, you would have been, you know, just a, a baby at the time, like the grunge, you know. Oh, yeah. In the early 90s, they was like, like, what's going on here? Our music's like mainstream now and almost, I think a lot of guys got kind of pissed off about it. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people have animosity towards Green Day and and Blink oh, yeah. because of that same thing, where they're like, "No, nah, this is they've made they've made pop punk and punk too mainstream and stuff." I'm like, eh. I think Green Day just they didn't respect their roots. They kind of hit on a lot of guys that paved the way for them and and uh, where they should be paying homage to them. Yeah, you know? yeah. Thanks, that's... thanks for letting us open for you 20 years ago, and now we're multimillionaires. But instead, they're just like, ah, oh, they're they're, they're okay, I guess. Yeah, that's that's yeah. unfortunate. Old man Chris. Yeah, well, it's yeah. true. Yeah. 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 Old I'll man Chris. This, I played with Green Day in like 1992, and my local band here in Regina, we blew away. There are three, you know, three chord kids that had a, a shtick to them. They showed up in Regina wearing dresses and lipstick and acting like weirdos, and there's <laughs> these huge potheads and we'd smoke them under the table. They're the California kids. And we did under the table. Literally. Yeah, they did it. <laughs> they did it and yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just, again, it was just kind of, it, they, they just seemed a little bit too contrived and a little bit too, uh, you know, like put together. Yeah. Formed as opposed to being a little bit more organic. Yeah. I believe that the band has the nerve to exist in the same industry. <laughs> <laughs> how and dare they <laughs> oh man that's awesome well i uh i always like to finish off with just fun random questions obviously kind of the whole interview has been kind of random in but it's it's had it's had direction so <laughs> but do you guys still have a few minutes i could ask you a few more questions yeah oh, sweet yeah. all right tell us stuff <laughs> so, so this, this question here, this one is, uh, is one that I ask every single time, primarily because I have a very, very bad addiction to candy. Um, so what is your guys's favorite candy? Boy. <clears throat> so it's you go ahead, Chris. I don't know if you're a candy. Uh, oh yeah. I'm a, like, I'm just kind of like a chocolate bar. Like, after I eat dinner at night, I'm like, I go to the fridge about 15 times looking for a magical chocolate bar to appear. <laughs> I like like Reese's uh, like Reese's peanut ah, butter cups. And nice, stuff. but I'm a total chocolate bar guy. I, I can appreciate that. Buy Halloween candy this year just because I ate it. All. <laughs> I definitely understand that feeling. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm up two pounds right now from Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I got my my metabolism Halloween, even yeah. faster, and I probably dropped it with five pounds after. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, Kurt, Kurt, no, I got to think about this. Well, you got to think about it. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm so many. I'm definitely a peanut butter Reese's peanut butter cup guy. Okay. Uh, Reese's Pieces. Uh, Dude, that's I, my go-to. And, I'm a hundred percent on board with Reese's Pieces. Those are so yeah. much better than a Reese's. Like to me, like yeah. so. So when it comes to the peanut butter, peanut butter M and M's and Reese's Pieces, like kind of neck and neck, you know. Reese, Reese, all the way up. Reese, oh, you think it's way better? You think it's better? Oh yeah. yeah, you get that Reese's Pieces cup, you know, and it's like. Oh yeah. yeah, I haven't had that before. I've seen that though, like the giant right. cup with the Reese's Pieces inside of it. Wait, wait. <laughs> and then apparently my wife's hiding all all the candy that we got for Halloween because I just keep on eating it. Like, wake up in the middle of the night, she calls me like the midnight. Like, <laughs> 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 that is sexual if I've ever heard it. Not on Get out of there. <laughs> Oh man, that's amazing. So yeah, that, that's 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 my weakness for sure. I can I can get on board with that. Any styles. I think I just like chocolate in general. <laughs> yeah. Chocolate. Do you have chocolate. a do you have a specific like brand of chocolate? Like I know some people get real picky. Like they're like Nestle chocolate or Hershey's chocolate or like Godiva chocolate or whatever. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It's Canadian. It's um called a what's up? It's a big Turk. Oh, oh the oh, Turk. No, the never heard of it. <laughs> I thought you were gonna no. They're super good. They're super good. Oh, <laughs> they're super good. They're yeah. filled with like this red jelly garbage. Yeah, it's like it's great. Yeah, it's just horrible. That's but it's called Big Turk, right? Yeah. yeah. It's sorry it's that I went weird. off topic. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like a Charleston chew, but with this weird. You like, know what a Charleston chew? Yeah, is? yeah. I. I I used to love Charleston shoes. I haven't had them in years, but who knows? Maybe yeah. they're maybe they're yeah, terrible it's like too. It's got a jelly in the middle. It's yeah, like, it's like a red raspberry jelly or something. But it's really good. I, no, I like it. It's a. It's a you love it. Wait, wait. Yeah. Is it like those orange straw things? Like those orange jelly straws? Have you ever had those? It's, like, it's kind of like the same dimension of it as like a Charleston shoe like, bar, but it's got this. So they're massive. Weird, it's got this weird jelly inside. It, of it. even looks off. Yeah, like, <laughs> I've never had one, and I'm shivering. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you love it or you hate it. It's 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 like it's there's no middle ground. There's no gray. Okay, interesting. I also like corn nuts. Oh yeah. Oh, corn nuts are great, man. No, I thought. Okay. That's well, it's a snack, but you know it's good. I love corn nuts. <laughs> All right, last one, man. Uh, I don't. I don't really eat candy. Oh, that's okay. Do I you ate Popeye sticks until I was about <laughs> ten? Yeah. And I, I, don't, what? I don't know when I hit 18, I just, the only thing I put sugar, I put, the only time I put sugar in my mouth is, uh, you know, I'm going to say something stupid, but you know, <laughs> when I put sugar in my coffee. So okay. that's about the only time I get too sweet. Honestly, man, I, I commend you. I, I wish I had that. I'm, I'm a weak, weak individual when it comes to sugar. <laughs> yeah, I, am too. I totally am. I like chips and stuff like that. Oh. I just don't like. I don't like sweets. I don't know. It's just there's nothing appealing. I mean, you guys, you guys have some of the best chip options. Like, you know, oh, yeah. the U.S. has copied you with the all dressed flavor. Like yeah. we've copied you there, and with the ketchup flavor, we've copied you. But like, there's still something about. So my buddy, when he when he comes down from Canada, will bring bags of of like the Canadian versions, which are just better. I don't know what it is. Like the Canadian lays ketchup chips and all dressed chips are just better than the 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 U.S. version. Like no joke. I've heard that a lot, and like there's a lot of uh, like, it's all that healthcare. Stuff. 
Like you, you <laughs> good chocolate bars, like coffee crisp. Yeah, coffee crisp. That's yeah. like the best. Oh, chocolate you don't have bar coffee crisp no. there. I've never heard oh, of a coffee crisp. That was uh, as a kid, man. Yeah. Coffee crisp was my jam. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the, one of the best. There you go. There's your candy. Yeah. Man. I was a kid. I don't have a favorite candy. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you guys yeah, also really have like to get Danny all hopped up on sugar. Right, right. I mean, what, I want to start with Adderall. Adderall in the band. Yeah, I want to start with Adderall and then get a message. Oh my gosh! See, you guys, you guys have one of my favorite candies. They they aren't sold here in the U.S. anymore, but it's the Mango Sour Patch Kids, like the oh, best. Yeah. Yeah. Mango sour. Yeah, the mango ones are just the best, but they don't sell sell them here in the U.S. anymore. I'm yeah, sad they about have it. The peach, they have the peach. They have the water. I don't know. They if must I've got mango. I don't know. know. Well, I saw them. Sour Patch Children. Children. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Question number two. Favorite non-musical hobby? I'm a video gamer. Heck yeah! What games? I'll take the easy way out there. What games? Uh, I'm a big action game guy. I play a game right now called Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, dude, that game was amazing. Yeah, like, I like stuff like that. A little bit of open world element, but a yeah. linear storyline. So anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, that game that game blew me away. That game yeah, was phenomenal. That's probably the best game I've played in about ten years. Yeah. So I like like Uncharted and stuff like that. That's kind of my age. So you're a PlayStation guy. I PlayStation's got the best exclusives when it comes to those yeah. those adventure I, I games. I usually pick up the Xbox like at kind of the end of its life cycle. Presents, but. That's really hard. <laughs> I've got all three. I'm I don't I don't play favorites, you know. I've got my gaming PC, my Xbox, and my PlayStation. But <laughs> you're just calling us plebs here, huh? You're just like, ah, oh, these console plebs. <laughs> yeah, so I took the easy way out. I don't know. I see Curtis has got about four hundred video games on the shelf here in front of us. So those aren't the only two of them are actually uh Xbox One games. But <laughs> The rest of it. I know I like video games too. I also like long walks on the beach <laughs> with pina coladas, getting caught in the rain. Trumpet, yes, yeah, yes, that's musical. But that's musical. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This might be typically Canadian, but I like hockey. Heck yeah, dude! So you Flames guy? What's that? Calgary Flames? Is that who you who you root for? Uh, it's Chris. Uh, that's me. Yeah, He's I'm not a Leafs fan. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Wait, Which I get. it's so there's there's three right there's so there's the no there's there's the Canucks there's seven there's, there's seven. 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 seven really okay hold on hold on let me see if I can na- let me see so you got the you got you go. the Leafs the, the Jets the Canucks yeah. the the Flames uh Maple no that's the Leafs that's Toronto Maple Leafs um who else. Well, the Oilers, Alex, Canadians, yeah, Edmonton, you missed the biggest Edmonton one Oilers, yeah, okay, idiot, the Canadians, yeah, I forgot about that. How did I forget about that? That's an <laughs> Ottawa Senators. Senators and Senators. I, I probably <laughs> like about that. <laughs> well, who, who likes Ottawa Senators? Nobody in Ottawa likes the Senators. Oh man, that's awesome. Hockey's hockey's such a great sport, man. Such a great sport. Yeah, it's it's religion here. It's you don't see a, a lot of people who are like openly say they hate. Yeah, you might you might not like it, but you yeah, never say oh, yeah, I hate yeah. see, yeah. it's nice. I I finally no, have no, like no, this guy's gonna think I'm the simplest guy. <laughs> 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 what does he do? Doesn't play PlayStation. 
<laughs> he likes his beer though like that's for sure <laughs> pound for pound he might be able to pound the most beers i've ever seen out of a human not named myself <laughs> when i was 29 anyways so oh that's, that's awesome yeah. <laughs> all right we like beer that's is that a oh i didn't know that was a thing i, I mean oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we got two more of you what else who else uh, you know i i i'm kind of again? uh i think David something about the oh hobby. yeah non music. non-musical hobby yeah you, yeah you just yeah i'll, um, I'll just join the to be honest like my biggest which is actually something that ties in directly with all the bands i listened to as a kid and now even to this day um skateboarding heck yeah dude thing. i was obsessed with it for a for a very long time and now due to like you know having weak a weak body being old <laughs> I can't really do it as much as I or at all really I can barely do it at all but so I guess now that that's kind of gone I don't know I play I this is I'm sure you've heard of this I still play a lot of RuneScape oh nice yeah <laughs> old school RuneScape old school okay We'll just bleep that last little part out. <laughs> we'll be good. Love it, man. <laughs> no, no I've never heard of RuneScape. No, yeah, either. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you thought it was called Run Escape, did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I didn't know. No, yeah, I don't. Other than that, I guess I play a little Rocket League here and there. But hey, that's a good one. That one's just, a, that's a couch co-op game for me. I don't play any, yeah, like I just play with friends on like, yeah, on the TV. I think that's a. Wait, so the best game I played in my life now at this point is Breath of the Wild. Oh, dude. My son, my son loves that yeah. game. So my son's five and uh, his favorite thing is going and trying to, uh, um, the he he tries to he tries to take on the Lionels and I'm like, dude, you're oh, gonna yeah. get killed every time, bro. I get killed every time. He actually killed you know, one one time though, and I was like super stoked for him. <laughs> you can freeze them and then mount them like a horse and beat them from the top. New things to play. Hey, yeah. this is gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna teach my son uh, that. He's gonna love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's gonna love that. That's gonna be great. Oh gosh. Oh boy. I mean, that's kind of what the motion looked like from my side. I just didn't want to say anything. <laughs> I was trying to think of like, <laughs> golly. Oh no. All right. Last one. Um, you know, I, I've got a very boring life, so uh, I, I don't have many, many hobbies outside of music and work. Uh, but I, 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 I guess, I, I guess, huh? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess I travel a lot. I don't know. Hey, that's dope. I guess I, I, I do a lot of traveling and, and a lot of gambling. So that's, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Your poor <laughs> wife. He's a big Deadwood guy. He likes his Deadwood. Yeah, I, I, I go down to Deadwood, South Dakota quite a bit and, and, uh, do some gambling and, and, and partaking of beverages and all that stuff. And, and is uh, that, is that like a, uh, um, a native american land or something is that because typically i know in the you u.s know, black, like black hills. black hills in south dakota yeah. Oh, okay yeah so it probably is i just know yeah. here in the u.s a lot of the a lot of the casinos are either in in the native american territories or in las definitely, vegas yeah. like they're yeah they it was yeah. huge in the they like they, they definitely chased the the native americans out of there and it was a huge gold problem. yeah yeah that's why okay that makes sense yeah. all right kind of like they, they when they first uh, developed the town it was like 
didn't know if it was going to be like, it's right on the kind of Eastern border of South Dakota. And they didn't know if it was going to be Montana. Hmm. Yeah. I, all those, all those places I, so I've driven through a lot of those, but man, I, I've never been to so many places in the U S it's crazy. I, so like you talk about those places and like, yeah, I've I've heard of them in in the movies. Yeah. And like, I know Mount Rushmore, but I've never been there. (laughs) So (laughs) that's like, that's like just uh, straight South of us here. So we, we grew up going to North Dakota all the time. Minot, Bismarck, you name it. Interesting. Rapid City, yeah. South Dakota. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Montana. Yeah. Billings. My so my oh. brother lived in Billings for a few years, and I'm like, so what was there? He's like, well, <laughs> I I had Rocky Mountain oysters, and I said that's yeah, disgusting. <laughs> Montana is very uh, Canada. Okay. Okay. Very Canadian uh, in uh, nature, and except for Great Falls, where I've never seen so many gambling degenerates. In my life. <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. Mostly from Canada. Yeah. Just go down there for the day. Though. Yeah. <laughs> probably all Canadians. Probably all Canadians. The degenerates you saw are all Canadians, not even Americans. Yeah. <laughs> Just, probably, yeah. probably. Who knows? Yeah. All, all right. right. Last question. Favorite movie? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go with it. I got it. Okay. okay. You got, you go. Go. He's got Do it. Freddy got finger. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Never seen Freddy Got Fingered? No, it sounds terrible. <laughs> it's Tom Green, yeah. It's one of the. It's a movie ahead of its time. Who's yeah. Tom Green? It was also behind its time as well. Too, yeah, it ahead it, yeah. It was not received well. Yeah, but I just I think it's the I think it's the greatest movie in the world. I'm not I don't I'm not like it's it's okay. There's no valuable plot to it. No, but that's the joke. <laughs> it's, it's like Tom Green made it. It seems like he was just kind of like, you know what? Let's just prove how easy it is to make a stupid movie with absolutely no value to it at all. I'm Let's looking up who Tom Green is. Even I don't even know who Tom oh, Green no, is. For real? No, you'll know when you see it. Yeah, Tom, Tom Green, Green. Are yeah. you serious? He's he's a, well, like I mean, I'm surprised. He's Canadian. Too. Yeah, like I'm surprised. Well, that's why he's Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. You surprised? I know him. Well, because oh, well, I know him from I know him from like the SNL skits. Eight years old when Tom Green was like really at his peak uh, popularity. I literally only know him from from the uh, Google search you just did? No, like from <laughs> an SNL skit. That's it. Like That's the only thing I've oh, ever really? seen him in. <laughs> oh, no, he, he was... Okay, he was in Charlie. Yeah, he played the Chad in Charlie's Angels. I remember yeah, that because yeah, the Chad was great. Yeah, so now now I remember who he is, but that's about it. Like, I've... I don't know that I've ever seen him in anything else, really. He's also in a super good hip hop band well, called uh, Organized Rhymes. Yeah, you should watch Freddy yeah. Got Fingered. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Start with that. I watched it about, I don't even know how old that movie is, like 20 years old, and I was yeah. like, ultra confused. So I, I watch it <laughs> once a year yeah, to remind myself yeah. that, uh, the, like, you know, I need something to base other movies off of. So once a year, I watch Freddy Got Fingered. So I, I give myself a baseline every year. Once a year, I give myself a baseline of, of where everything should be judged against. Eh. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the benchmark. That's what the word There you go. Benchmark. That's the one. Yep. <laughs> All right. What about you guys? Uh, you know, I, I think I'm kind of a fan of, uh, what is it? Idiocracy. Yeah. That's a good um, one. That's a good one. Jeez. You know, it's kind of average, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But he himself <laughs> said it's average and then said it's this. <laughs> but I like it. But I mean, it's, it's, it's good. It's good, you know? An average uh, movie for an average man. <laughs> yeah. Yet another one I've never heard of before. Really? Oh, I've never. What is it's that? Got Luke Wilson? It's, uh, yeah. Terry uh, Crews is in it. Like said, some other guy. Dax Shepard. That, no. there, that's the guy. Luke Creator. Mike, Mike Judge. Judge. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Mike Judge. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, from King of the Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. I'll another one I've never even heard of. Out, you'll you'll get a laugh or two for sure. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's really See, kind I'm of, sick yeah. of that. I'm yeah. sick of people saying like, "Oh, the world is like idiocracy today," and then you watch idiocracy and you're like, "Hey, that's, it, it is real. That's the most hyperbolized <laughs> version of anything I've ever in my life." <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid. It's a good movie, but no. So, see, people got to stop saying. <laughs> they gotta get back to pretty good fingers. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. You got there, buddy. I'm gonna say mine's Animal House. Ooh. Okay, I have and, heard of that one. But I'll, it's split between that and Scream. Okay. Scream, movie, yeah. Okay. That's an interesting. Yeah, I, I'm surprised you were into Animal House. That's a, I would say mine. Uh, I'm gonna go with Curtis. I'm gonna give you a two because I think the best movie ever made is Goodfellas. Okay. Just it's a cinematic. Finally, movie. like a a mainstream popular movie, one that yeah, like normal and, people you know, think is great. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? Like it's just. I don't think you could. I don't think anybody in their right mind would say that. And I would say my on a personal level, my actual favorite would be Sixteen. Okay. I love John Hughes. I love Molly I love all those 80s kind of teen. I mean, John Hughes, man, he's yeah, he's sure, a legend, sure. bro. John Hughes is a legend. Cooler, so yeah. Breakfast Club, all of those. Yeah, I mean, even the Home Alone movies. I mean. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's not. That's not. It's Flight of the Navigator. Now. I don't know if you guys know. Dude, I loved Flight of the Navigator. It's on Disney Plus, bro. Yeah, that was a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, man, I I grew up on all those old Disney ones. So like, Fly to the Navigator, the the computer who wore tennis shoes, like yeah, an er, original like Kurt Russell movie. <laughs> That's right, the stuff right. I grew up on. <laughs> yeah, we uh, yeah. grew up on Rocky. Well, Rocky, <laughs> yeah, like the only movies I watched as a kid. Dude, Rocky, or I mean, <laughs> man, that was awesome. What's your what's your yeah. my favorite movie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard for me to narrow them down. So I'm a huge Star Wars guy. Um, but uh, my order is, you know, favorite of all the Star Wars would be uh, would be Empire Strikes Back, followed closely by uh, um, Rogue One would be like the the number one and two of the Star Wars movies. But I love a lot of the 80s like um, classics. So Bill and Ted's is way, oh, yeah. way up there. Yeah. Like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is is probably one of the greatest movies ever made. And then awesome. the uh, like. It, like I said, I can't narrow it down to a single movie, but the uh, um, the first Bill and Ted though that was that was terrible. I enjoyed it still. It was definitely not nearly as good as Excellent Adventure. Like it went Excellent Adventure, Bogus Journey, and then uh, Face the Music. So it was like way up here, and then just like down. Yeah. Very yeah. I mean, they were significantly worse than than, oh, yeah. than Excellent right. Adventure, but you know, still Keanu Reeves. It's still Bill and Ted. It, it was great cool. for me, but but then I I'm also a huge fan of Back to the Future. Love Back oh, to the Future. Oh, nice. So yeah. so yeah, man. I uh, like a lot of my stuff was was the sci-fi, the fun, you know, silly stuff like that too. So and those are two movies, the, the Bill and Ted's and Back to the Future that I can specifically remember going to 
scenes in the theater. Yeah. To this day, those two and not many other movies uh, outside of those two. I want to just add something. Sorry. Now that we're <laughs> no, taking, yeah, I'm go on. Other people are taking this more seriously. <laughs> um, honestly, no, I'm just kidding. I do. I do love that movie and I stand by it. But, uh, <laughs> Spider-Man 1 with Tobey Maguire. That actually, that movie had a huge impact on me as a kid. I loved it so much. And I could still watch all the rainy Spider-Man. I forgot. No, I can, I can totally get on board with that. Spider-Man that have come out anytime. Dude, that, that literally changed movies. Like the entire outlook of like, it made comics like not the, the fringe nerd geek thing. It made it actually mainstream. And I yeah. thought that was dope because I was always a nerd, but I had to like kind of hide it. And then eventually I didn't have to hide it anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I can get on board with that. I, I actually, my favorite of all the Spider-Mans would be uh, into the Spider-Verse because that one was freaking yeah, dope. I, I, I loved that. the animation. That was my favorite thing. The comic book-esque animation. Oh, so cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, Awesome guys. I, uh, I appreciate you guys taking so much time. That was a lot of fun getting to know you guys. And, and, uh, I'm super stoked for the EP. Um, obviously, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, talking about that in the intro as well as, uh, um, when I, you know, make the post and whatnot, but, uh, you know, before we finish, is there anything else that you guys want to make sure you, uh, you say before we, we sign off? Go riders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And hide from humans, I guess. I don't know. You know? Everybody can have fun for a couple of years. <laughs> Regardless of COVID. Let's get the world back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm on board for getting the world back to normal. Definitely. <laughs> well, awesome guys. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed please be sure to share it. It really does help a ton. And as well, you know, if you have any sort of positive or negative or any sort of review, let me know, hit me up, let me know what you think. And, uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Peace.